Hey everybody, this is your host Matt Castellini and welcome to Chicago Capital. Leo, thank you so much for joining me on Chicago Capital. It is a pleasure to have you here today, man. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for inviting. So I think we'd all love to hear about what you are working on over at ML Tech. Yeah, thanks for the question, Matt. So at ML Tech, we are building a platform that allows researchers worldwide to get access to high-frequency research and infrastructure. So we are democratizing access to the technology that was previously available to very secretive high-frequency trading firms. And now people everywhere can access this technology and develop strategies. We post those strategies on the marketplace where institutional investors can invest in the strategies. Is there a particular asset class you guys are focusing on? Is it is it equities? Is it crypto? What are you guys uh, focusing on today? Yeah, so we started with crypto, and there are a few reasons for that. Mostly we've seen a lot of... Uh, researchers worldwide who develop strategies on their own right now and want to bring the strategies to the next level in terms of technology and also in terms of access to capital. And then the barriers to entry for us as a startup was much lower in crypto space. So we see a lot of potential being in crypto yearly. Yeah, because it, it's it's such an interesting idea. You know, I, I worked as a sell-side research analyst for a few years at a college. So that was kind of like an institutional investor was on the other side of our research and buying our research and paying i don't actually know how much they paid a year for my research but they probably overpaid if it was coming from me but i think it's funny i don't know of any real tools out there today that let crypto investors utilize actionable trade ideas are there any other tools out there today that you guys see or what's the landscape look like today yeah so there are a few solutions that are targeted uh, for like retail investors mostly like bot marketplaces where you as a retail investor can come in and buy access to uh, algorithmic trading, and then you basically pay for the subscription. So there are a few startups like that, but for startups that or companies that focus on institutional investors, we don't know about any other ones. So we are new to the space and we're really trying to grow fast to capture the market. In terms of your product development, when did you first uncover this opportunity? What keyed you in on the uh, the space of crypto needing more tools such as ML tech? Yeah, so I was in crypto space yearly. So I was a yearly investor. And then in 2017, I started trading crypto professionally. So I started Crypto Desk at Bluefire Capital, which is a proprietary trading firm based in Chicago. And I grew the desk just from myself to 10 people. We were trading about 100 million notional a day. And what I've seen that there are a lot of uh, institutional investors who were trying to get access to algorithmic trading strategies, and they didn't find good and reliable partners for actually executing the strategies. So this was one part of the need. And then on the other hand, I was told, so I, I did my master's at MIT. So I had a lot of people who kind of developed strategies on their own as a hobby and had had them as a side projects, you know, were generating some money from ideas, but they kind of couldn't really scale it. So I saw that there is mismatch between institutional investors and this very smart people with ideas. So that's how uh, we came up with ML Tech. So we started working on ML Tech full time in the beginning of 2020. So it's a little over one year old, like almost one and a half now. 
And we are seven people now and growing. Is there like an analog in other asset classes that you guys have seen that you think represent a good model for how you plan to scale ML tech, the value proposition that you guys are providing? Any kind of like analogs that you've found? Yeah, so there are a few in traditional markets. One of the more famous one is Numerai. So Numerai focuses on equities and they also focus on kind of lower frequency trades signal-based trading. We focus more on quantitative strategies. Most of our strategies are delta neutral and they rely on high frequency trading execution. So it's kind of different asset class and also different type of strategies that the focus is. But there are a few on analogs in traditional markets. Got it. Yeah. And how do you view the roadmap, the development? I know you just recently went through the new venture challenge at Booth. Um, Curious about what you think are the next steps in the next six to 12 months for ML Tech. Yeah, so New Venture Change was actually very helpful for us to kind of identify the growth opportunities. And right now, the biggest growth for us is to bring more users to the platform. And for that, we are bringing more researchers as well as more institutional investors. So right now, the main focus from institutional investor side is on fund of funds as well as family offices. So this is our initial group of institutional investors that we are targeting. And in the next nine to 12 months, the focus is to allow them more easily view the strategies, select the strategies, as well as just being more comfortable with the tools that we provide. So a lot of product development focus is around tools for these institutional investors to actually make informed investment decisions and kind of scale their allocations with us. I'm curious about the research that is being provided onto the platform. Are, what has it looked like in the past? Do you do kind of any vetting of the research that's coming onto the platform or vetting of, I, I would imagine you vet kind of the research analysts themselves or the people who are providing the content. How does that kind of that side of the market work for you? Yeah, so right now the way it works, we actually have pre-selection process. So only people who have created profitable trading strategies in the past or have kind of like track record of successful like machine learning research or things like that, we bring them to the platform and then we give them tools to actually develop their strategies on our platform. And then when they submit the strategies, we review and vet the strategies before actually offering the strategies to institutional investors. So kind of to answer your question, there are two stages of vetting. First is when people onboard on the platform. So right now they can submit application and then we review the application and we decide if we onboard them or not. And then when they actually develop the strategy, we also review the strategy before submitting it to the marketplace for institutional investors to invest money into. And then once they've been submitted to the marketplace, is there an aspect of, you know, a relationship that can get, be built between the research analyst and the institutional investor? Is there back and forth that they can have? Can they schedule a time to sort of speak with the research analyst? Or do they just get access to kind of the research outright and it's sort of more of a transactional relationship? Yeah, so the, the kind of final product of the researcher is the algorithmic trading strategy. So then institutional investor interacts with us where we actually run the trading strategy on the behalf of institutional investor and they don't directly interact with the researcher. 
So researchers use our platform and kind of leverages our team to develop the strategy. And then we communicate with institutional investor. And the reason why we chose this model is mostly because institutional investors, they're looking for reliable partner. So they trust MLTech much more they would than they would trust just a researcher out there, right? So we kind of provide this trust and institutional investors know that we are the one who are also monitoring the strategy, making sure that the strategy doesn't do anything that it's not expected to do and kind of provide this service for institutional investors. And what's the economics look like? Are you paying, who gets paid uh, a commission? Does, is there sort of a, a take rate you guys take on any given profit? Yeah, so as I mentioned, the idea is that we are democratizing access to kind of high-frequency technology for researchers worldwide. So we are not charging researchers anything up front. And then we, when they actually deploy the strategy on our platform, institutional investors pay us performance-based compensation depending on the performance of the strategy. There are kind of different tiers of fees that we are charging institutional investors. And then we share this performance-based compensation with the researchers. So can everyone in the system motivated to produce the most profitable strategies. Got it. No, that makes total sense. How long does it typically take you to to vet a researcher, you know, or to vet their trading strategies as being up to snuff for ML tech? Yeah. So in terms of vetting when they we actually decide to onboard them on the platform or not, this is relatively fast. So we usually look in their resumes, LinkedIn, so very similar to the interview process, but we don't really spend much time interviewing them. We kind of look more on their credentials and past experience. And also they submit information about the strategies that they currently have kind of on their own, that they've been running, some performance of the strategy. And then they, they get access to our platform. When they actually ready to submit the strategy and kind of submit it for the review, we have certain metrics that we keep track of to make sure that the strategy is according to what institutional investors are looking for. And then we, we send it to institutional investors. So the whole process for onboarding is pretty fast. Then for strategy development, that's where kind of researchers actually spend time to develop and vet the strategy themselves before they actually send it to us. And then we have our process to tell, okay, this strategy goes into the marketplace or doesn't go to the marketplace. What's your customer acquisition strategy look like for institutional investors? How are you getting access to them? How are you onboarding them? We'd love to hear about that part of the market. Yeah, so right now we have been getting a lot of help from the exchanges that we are trading on. So basically we, we generate a lot of volumes on the exchanges with our strategies. So they're very motivated for institutional investors who have assets on this exchange to tell, oh, we, we know ML Tech, they provide the service. And that's how we got a lot of introductions from the exchanges. We also directly sell to institutional investors through basically warm introductions through our network. And it's interesting, but the crypto space and kind of the space of institutional investors, especially like fund of funds, which was our initial focus, is pretty small in terms of number of players. So it's like it, it was pre, pretty easy for us to get the list of all fund of funds that trade crypto in the space and can allocate money to the strategies. 
And then we just do introduction, like we basically ask people in our network for introductions to these people and then talk with institutional investors, describe them kind of the model that we have. And most of them are really excited to see such a product in the market. When, if I'm an institutional investor and I found a trading strategy through your platform, what does the process then look like tactically to actually put that into place? I mean, does it, is it something where it's like a white glove service where somebody from your team will sort of help them with the implementation? Is it sort of they're left to their own devices? How does it actually go into the next phase of putting capital to work and actually implementing these strategies? Yeah, so right now the approach is pretty much as you described the white glove service. So we we have a direct connection with institutional investors. Now we have still less than 10 institutional investors and by the end of the year we will have 15. So the number is relatively small. And the idea there is that we provide the institutional investors the best service possible. And for them, what they kind of do, they basically create API keys for our algorithmic trading strategies. And then we connect this API keys to our platform and we are able to deploy the strategies on their accounts. So we don't take any custody of the assets. The assets sit on the account of institutional investor, which means that kind of like for us it's in a sense it's easier and for institutional investor there is just much more transparency in what's happening and in their account and they can see performance live using our tools so is it just bitcoin for right now or what uh what kind of cryptocurrencies are are currently being what trades are being sorry what markets in cryptocurrency are you guys focusing on today yeah so right now we focus mostly on centralized exchanges and kind of large cap uh cryptos so you can think about the top 20 cryptos in coin market cap we are getting more requests from institutional investors for dfi products especially the ones that generate yield farming and things like that and we are currently looking for researchers with some of the ideas in the space so i think by the end of the year we will have also presence in dfi space so do you guys do Dogecoin? Was that ever uh, a strategy that was utilized on ML Tech? Yeah, the Dogecoin is pretty popular in the Boost community as well. So I've been getting this question a lot during the NVC. And uh, yeah, so we have access to trade Dogecoin. We currently don't have any strategy on Dogecoin because institutional investors, for some reason, are not that excited about the Dogecoin as uh, many of retail investors. <laughs> are they not? Yeah, that's. I don't know if that's too surprising to hear. <laughs> um, that's amazing, though. Are you guys looking to uh, grow your team? Are you looking to bring on new hires? What's your team currently look like today? Yeah, so right now it's seven people most of whom are developers. Uh, myself, I'm on the business side. We have also finance back office uh, type of person who helps with a lot of like legal finance and things like that. And then we are currently looking for technical product manager. And this is our kind of most critical role right now to fill. So this is a person who is going to kind of lead the product and talk more with the customers about which features to prioritize and also communicate with our development team to actually kind of define the priorities. So we are looking for technical product manager. We're also looking for senior quant developer. So these two roles that we are currently actively looking for. And aside from technical chops, what do you like to see in your hires to your team? Um, you know, I'd imagine it's something you probably spent a lot of time thinking about is the characteristics, the attributes of 
potential new team members. How are you trying to go about that process and what's kind of your mental model for new hires? Yeah, so this is very, very important question. And the reason why, because over the past like four or five months, I've been interviewing a lot of people and I've seen a lot of people who have very strong technical skills, but they were not necessarily like a fit for our company and for our team. And the main reason why is people weren't ready to be in like startup that's kind of supposed to grow really large, you know, and take an initiative. So what we are really looking is for someone who is initiative, who kind of can make their own decisions and lead things, kind of just drive, you know, like people who are drivers and who make it kind of like get it done, you know? So it's something that's kind of like easy to describe what it is, but it's very difficult to actually assess and actually find these people is very difficult. So right now, for example, for technical product manager is a like we're basically looking for someone who've been in early stage companies in the past and uh, want to be in a startup early and grow with the team. Is there an element here of maybe some people thinking Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, next gold rush, I want to be a part of it. I want to find some kind of role, but it's still a startup. It's still a very early stage. Like you said, it seems like what you're looking for is a lot of attributes of someone who's a self-starter and comfortable with ambiguity. Have you found that right now you're probably just getting a ton of people interested because, um, you know, startup out of booth in the cryptocurrency world and your market opportunity is is massive. So is that something you're you're actively thinking about as well? Yeah, definitely. Like a lot of applicants that we are getting with the idea that it's crypto, you know, like I want to be in crypto. This is like everywhere on the news. It's going to be big. So we get a lot of applicants just because they're interested in crypto. What's interesting is that most of them actually don't know much about crypto or the ecosystem, but they kind of want to learn, right? So we definitely got a lot of applicants just because we are in crypto. And we also get much more interest from like just people in the industry, in like financial industry, just because we are in crypto. So we get contacted by like proprietary trading businesses, hedge funds, just who want to learn about crypto and kind of still trying to figure out how to get access to crypto. So being in this market, it definitely puts us in the unique position and we are in a position to grow as you, as you said, you know, and that's why many people really looking to join us. And how many research strategy, or I guess how many, transactions are taking place in a given day on the platform where uh, a research strategy is successfully finding uh, a use case or an institutional investor that wants to use that? What are kind of your operating KPIs that you look at that are sort of your true north metrics? And how are those sort of trending? Yeah, so right now, in terms of the strategies, uh, most of the strategies on the platform are high frequency type of strategies. So they trade thousands of times a day. And the volumes that we generate is in millions. So for institutional investor, you know, like for each account that we tr- we trade for each particular strategy, the strategy may trade millions of notional a day with thousands of trades. And kind of what what we okay. kind of looking in terms of KPIs is how we grow these volumes because exchanges really interested in generating volumes and they try to incentivize us with like lower fees, some uh, technological advantages that we can get and that we can pass to our researchers. So for example, 
as an individual researcher, you will have to trade over internet versus like with ML tech, your strategy can actually go through collocated setup and cross connects and things like that, just because we have this economies of scale. 100%. Yeah, that's always important. I think, I don't know, that term makes me think of uh, New Venture Challenge and maybe some of the lessons you maybe took from that process. What was going through the New Venture Challenge like for you guys at ML Tech? Yeah, New Venture Challenge was really helpful, as, as I mentioned, and mostly because we figure out what's the niche that we need to focus on and how we want to present ourselves more. Definitely like the creating of the pitch deck, improving the pitch deck, creating the business plan was extremely helpful. And we're using a lot of the materials that we've built through the process of New Venture Challenge currently and working on implementing it. So New Venture Challenge was a time to strategize, but now we're actually in the stage where, okay, we are now, we finished our phase one of the plan, of the business plan, moving to phase two, and we actually know what this phase two is, looks like. So New Venture Challenge was extremely helpful in kind of structuring our business plan and just prioritizing things that we want to focus on. Did you, what, did you come out of New Venture Challenge with an eye to fundraise even further? I guess, what's your financing sort of plans for the next six to 12 to 18 months? Yeah, so... We actually started fundraising while we were in New Venture Challenge. And then we raised some money while in the New Venture Challenge. And we won also some money through the New Venture Challenge. And actually, most of uh, kind of companies that allocated to us for New Venture Challenge, after the New Venture Challenge kind of was done, they allocated more bigger amounts, bigger checks to us. So right now, we are about to close our 1.2 million round. And I believe the announcement, official announcement would be in the next couple of weeks. So watch for that. And for New Venture Challenge, you know, we got some investors that have been extremely helpful and they definitely helped us connect to people in the industry and potential institutional investors who actually can become our clients. So New Venture Challenge has been extremely helpful in this regard. Yeah. Were you looking for, and I guess currently in terms of a capital partner, were you looking for VCs that could add connections? Were you looking for VCs with you know, operational leverage that you could sort of plug into ML Tech maybe in the future? Were you looking for a platform team? What were you kind of looking for in terms of your perfect ideal VC relationship? Definitely. So we are looking for VCs that are professional in fintech space, you know, and kind of were able to scale their portfolio companies or like help their portfolios companies scale. So there are few in, in, in Chicago, you know, that are our target VCs for Series A. So kind of like after we are done with this round, we are going to work for 9, 12 months and then do Series A. So we have some target VCs that have expertise in fintech. So this is like one area of kind of VCs that are strategic for us. And then the second area it are the actually more crypto native VCs. So those are the ones who kind of more invest in the tokens and just crypto projects in general. And the reason why those are strategic to us is because they have more connections with like exchanges. They have more connection with some of institutional investors in a crypto space in particular. So there are two two different types of VCs, ones that come more from like traditional fintech type of VCs. And then the other ones are more like crypto native. So those are um, pretty new VCs, you know, they don't really have like long track record, 
But because the crypto space is growing so much, they actually have been able to be very successful. And there are a lot of good VCs in crypto space that we are targeting as well for Series A. Did you guys raise or are you planning to raise through, uh, it basically, it's called a CAF or a CAFE or a CAFE. It's like the crypto version of a safe. Have you heard of this? No. So with our race, we actually did very traditional convertible note. And, uh, you know, like later on, we may do something that's more crypto native, like talk, token sale when we have utility talking on our platform, but this is kind of down the, the line and we, we haven't really planned for this yet, but there are thoughts about doing something like that. So in crypto, there are many different ways of raising money, but for traditional investors, most of these are still kind of unknown. So if we go and do just like token sale, then we will be targeting like very particular group of investors. And because we kind of strategically build in high frequency trading infrastructure, you know, and research platform. A lot of investors that we want to, to attract come from more like traditional type of VCs and traditional uh, trading firms. We kind of wanted it to want our fundraising to be simple for them, you know, so we didn't do anything unusual for traditional companies. No, I think that makes total sense. And if you uh, if you ever target an initial coin offering one day, I uh, I'd be interested to hear more about how that goes. I feel like it's kind of funny the crypto market or the crypto VC market is this uh, interesting place where, like you mentioned, some of the financing mechanisms are still pretty nascent and definitely not widespread, definitely not commonly used. But then again, investors will look at a crypto startup and say, I want to put 5 million, I want to put 2 million, lead the round into this. But you know what I mean? It's this funny kind of dichotomy of the fundraising mechanisms that are tied to crypto still have not gotten broad usage. And some people are like wary of them, but they're still willing to invest in crypto startups. Yeah, definitely. And you know, like ICO is pretty, like already not popular. Like right now, yep. more, more people invest in IDO, right? On decentralized exchanges. And kind of the problem, the other problem why we didn't do that is because being in the US, there are a lot of uh, regulations. So it just makes it more difficult to do something like that if uh, you're a US-based startup. And um, we are kind of looking for how it's going to evolve in terms of legislation and for initial coin offerings or this uh, IDOs and see maybe this is something we will do in the next uh, phases of fundraising. But for now, we decided this was not kind of like our... There, there was too much work to do it and it wasn't our target group of investors who we wanted to actually invest in the project at this stage. Yeah, I'm curious, is there any legislation? This is not something I follow too closely, so I'm you know, genuinely curious. Is there any kind of leg legislation overhang that keeps you up at night or something you're really closely following right now? Yeah, so because we don't, ha don't take any custody of the assets, it's, it makes it easier for us. But we definitely work very closely with legal team to make sure that we are... Um, we satisfy all the necessary regulations and registrations. So being in, in fintech space, it's definitely important to be on top of that. Oh, yeah, 100%. I feel like you uh, probably should have lawyers on speed dial, maybe potentially, and uh, or at least be able to text them very quickly. In our remaining time, when you think about this opportunity and, and you try and quantify it, how big do you think this could be in the future? What's kind of any numbers that you and your team have analyzed as seeing as the full market picture? Yeah, so 
it's a little bit difficult question. So the reason why it's difficult is because we know, for example, fund of funds right now who are allocators in the space. So the current AUM of the fund of funds is like under 1 billion, so relatively small. But we see a lot of more traditional asset managers coming into the space. And those asset managers, even if they allocate only a couple of percent of their AUM to quantitative trading strategies in crypto, this space is going to be so much larger. So right now we're kind of thinking more, not about where the space is now, but where it's going to be in a couple of years. And the opportunity seems like really large. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That makes total sense. It'll be very interesting to see how you guys grow, see how the market grows. I feel like those two are almost going in tandem. I have to ask a couple of last ones. Leo, 10 years ago, would you have ever thought you would be a startup founder of a crypto startup? Is that something you always wanted to do? Did you always want to be an entrepreneur? And I guess, how did that sort of process go for you is to make that jump? Yes. So I was always interested in doing entrepreneurship and building something, you know, like I come from the family of entrepreneurs. So it's kind of was kind of program and me from early on. Of course, I didn't know it would be crypto, you know, like uh, 10 years ago, I probably wouldn't uh, guess that. But, you know, I've seen the opportunity and I had the skills to actually do that. And that that's why we decided to do crypto, you know, and that's why we came up with the idea and currently it's working well. So really excited for future uh, years to come and see how we evolve and how we become the biggest provider of quantitative trading strategies in the space. Love that. And have you found any kind of advantages of being a startup founder in Chicago or starting bringing your startup through the booth experience? Would love to hear your perspective on that. So I, I kind of said it a couple of times already, but a new venture challenge and University of Chicago uh, help has been just incredible, you know, like in terms of mentorship, in terms of access to resources, a different kind of resources, monetary resources, just like the uh, program. So we got, for example, um, credit for using AWS, you know, which is in the initial um, kind of months of the company was extremely important for us. So things like that has been extremely helpful. Also, as you know, like I graduated recently from evening MBA program at the university. So I definitely personally learned a lot in kind of entrepreneurship classes and during the entrepreneurship experiences at Booth. So this was extremely helpful and connections that the university has with the Chicago community and VC community in Chicago. It's just basically you can be connected to everyone in the space. It's definitely great advantage. I didn't realize you got credits for AWS. That's amazing. That's worth the tuition right there. There you go. Leo, thank you so much for joining us on Chicago Capital. It was great to have you on. We can't wait to see what is next for you and the entire ML Tech team. Thank you, Matt. If you are a founder seeking venture capital investment at the pre-seed through Series A stage, check out Manifold Group. We're a venture holding company based in Chicago with offices in Dallas, Los Angeles, and soon Atlantic Canada. 
We believe early stage private investments represent an excellent investment opportunity, but existing investment models in the space leave much to be desired. Manifold is a new model for growth in the new economy designed to create and capture value at the early stage through synergies across its venture fund, incubation and acceleration studio, and advisory firm. Learn more about Manifold at www.manifold.group. And please tune in for the next Chicago Capital episode.